Hello, and welcome to the Tavern Chat Podcast. I'm your host, your bartender in the OSR, Eric Tankar. I'm also the main proprietor at the Tankar's Tavern blog. This is episode 52. So, what do we got in your plate for today? We are going to cover real quick um, the little OSR picks for... Emerald, and then uh, gonna move on to I think Swords and Wizardry. We're gonna start our Swords and our OSR highlights of uh, the different rule systems. So, for podcast, Hobbs and Friends of the OSR, Jason Hobbs, uh, Zach Smith, he's got one product, Frostbitten and Mutilated, that's up for Best Interior Art, Best Monster Adversary. Best setting, best writing, and product of the year. Uh, Jacob Hurst, best adventure and product of the year for the dark of the hot, of Hot Springs Island. Uh, James Raggy, best free product for Vaginas by Magic. Yes, I, I. It's Raggy. Love you, James. And Glenn Seal for Best Cartography for the Midlands. And Kyle Chenier, Best Ebook Scenario from Ontario. So those are the ones you got to look for when the voting starts. Those are the ones we got to make sure we keep on top of. So, like I said, I'm going to start highlighting the various OSR systems. I'm going to go start with the core three, the three that I see as the core two, the beginnings of the OSR, and still probably the most used OSR systems. So that would be Swords and Wizardry, Osric, and Labyrinth Lord. I'm going to start with Swords and Wizardry because, uh, for lack of a better phrase, that's where my specialty is. And then I'll, I'll move out from there. So... Of these three, Swords and Wizardry was actually the third to come into being. Osric being the first, and, and Labyrinth Lord being the second. Uh, Matt Finch, who wrote Swords and Wizardry, also was involved with writing Osric. Now, Swords and Wizardry initially, well, initially came in one flavor, and that was Core, which is basically based on or towards inspiration from OD&D, the original white box. And it was expanded to some extra elements, included the thief, included some stuff from uh, Greyhawk, like variable weapon damage. Uh, but it also, it, it made a change. The two changes that really stand out and two changes that some people go, well, it's not a real clone because it has these two changes. All right. One that really doesn't affect play at all is that Swords and Wizardry uses ascending and descending armor class. So when you write an armor class in Swords and Wizardry, you don't just write down uh, AC3, descending armor class, or AC-16 for ascending, you write both numbers with one of them in brackets. 
Why? Because it makes it very compatible with either the older rules or the new rules if you're trying to uh, convert. Puts it right there in front of you. Also, as much as I always thought of myself as a staunch grognard for, you know, descending AC, descending AC is where it's at. I have found that in actual play, when I'm running things as a DM, ascending AC is just so much easier. All you got to do is subtract the uh, descending AC from AC 19. Yeah, I know. I know that's all I have to do, but I'm sorry. Ascending is much easier. So, what does that mean? That's one of the two major changes. The other major change in this one, uh, initially I was, when I first came across it was years ago, okay, I'm actually literally cocking my head at my desk for this one. It goes to a single save. So instead of having your array of five saving throws, it has a single saving throw number. And certain classes might be, you know, plus two on poison or plus two against breath weapons or whatever. But it's a single saving throw. So you're, and I'm going to pull a number out of my ass because I don't have the book in front of me, but fighter, first level, save 16. Whether it's poison or breath weapon or traps, you're rolling a six. You have to roll a 16 or better. It, it, it is that simple. Now, in my opinion, it speeds up gameplay, and there was usually not much rhyme nor reason as to why the initial numbers were spread like they were, except for clerics. I guess clerics always had a better save with their first poison because they were religious, or they were always maybe rising in the ranks to be a cleric meant surviving poison attacks from your fellow clerics. I don't know. The clerics always had a pretty good save throw versus poison. So that's, you know, the that, that's what it emulates. Now, uh, after Core came out White Box. So the Wizardry White Box said, let's try to emulate just the White Box, just the original three classes, uh, you know, non-variable weapon damage with the D6, uh, very streamlined. Then, the next edition to come out was Swords and Wizardry Complete. Swords and Wizardry Complete adds in classes from the later supplements from early issues of the Strategic Review and Dragon Magazine. Uh, for all intents and purposes, from in, from my view, from the way I play it, the way it feels to me, it feels to me very much like AD&D, how we played it. Without some of the extra crunch that came with AD&D, even though I didn't know I was basically house rolling. So that's what Swords and Wizardry complete adds. So those are the initial three flavors of Swords and Wizardry. Now, something I should mention before I move on to the two later flavors of Swords and Wizardry, or, or one and a half, White Box and Core were also 
available as RTF or, or doc files. So if you wanted to write your own personal hack of Swords and Wizardry, you had the files there for you that you could upload on your computer and change what you needed to change, and you were good to go. And remember, it's all open materials, all open under the OGL. So then you could publish your your new game that was based upon these rules. It's a beautiful thing. And there are a lot of white box hacks out there. Uh, less direct hacks from Swords and Wizardry Core, but I think that's because it's easier to hack the simplest version and then expand from there. So, um, and later on in this series of episodes on the podcast, we'll get into a lot of the uh, the hacks of Swords and Wizardry, the other rule sets that are out there, whether they are uh, expansions on the white box, like Fantastical uh, white box. I'm missing something in that name. Or whether it's uh, White Star from James Bond. There's others out. There's a lot of hacks of, of white box. And that tells you a lot about how clear and clean the rules are, the initial rules that, that Matt did. So now we're going to go on to the next part of Swords and Wizardry, the official uh, title. And that would be Swords and Wizardry Light. That's what I had a hand in. That's where I took Matt's white box rules and whittled it down to four freaking pages. Uh, and it wasn't something that I've, I I initially had envisioned this as uh, I, I wanted guerrilla marketing for the OSR. I wanted something that could be left at game stores or libraries, <laughs> community centers. I've envisioned it as like a two-page printout. I mean, Really, I would have had to have uh, rewritten stuff, and it wouldn't have been anywhere near as good as it was. It would have been very lacking. And I pitched it to uh, Zach Laser. This was my my retirement idea. I just retired, and I wanted to fill my time and and get back to the hobby and hold that thought. And next thing I knew, uh, Swords of Real Light was being birthed. and it is an official Swords and Wizardry uh, rule set. It covers levels one through three, uh, four classes, um, four core races. The actual physical layout is is genius. That was uh, Zach Laser, because the DM's information. It's on four pages. That's like a full. It, it's like a. It stands up like a folder. And the two pages facing the inside are the DM's info, and the two pages facing the outside are the player's info, and I think that's just a genius design. Uh, we had input from Gene Spawn, who uh, took what was probably going to be a very good, tight design and and cranked it up to 11 with some really good tweaks, really simple tweaks that... We're well done and genius. It doesn't allow you to directly go from light to one of the other versions. It's easier to go to white box because light is based on white box. It just uses a D20 and a D6. It does away with a lot of the other variable size dice. Um, but you can move on to complete with it. 
Then, uh, talking between James Spahn and myself, we thought about how would we expand these four pages and three levels to level seven, which I kind of see as a sweet spot as to when the vast majority of campaigns that I've run have probably ended somewhere between level six and eight. And, uh, and how long would that take? And we did that. Uh, it took about 17 pages. You know, it's a horrible layout. It's my layout. You know, it's self-published by me. Uh, I have permission from uh, my Finch and Frogger Games to use Swords and Wizardry in the title. So it's Swords and Wizardry Continualite. Um, I think it really uh, uh, came out well. And that's those are... Uh, I'm going to call it the, the four and a half supported versions of Source and Wizardry. Uh, you can get everything. Well, complete is uh, pretty much for our God's home system. And uh, you can get the rules online, rulebook online. All these, by the way, white box, core. Uh, complete and Swords and Wizardry Light are all free in PDF. You can find them. Uh, Continual Light is 250 in PDF. It's not released and published by Frog God or Mythmer Games, which is Matt's uh, private release, which he uses for uh, Lightbox and Core. So, yeah, as you can tell, I have a lot of a lot of love for Swords and Wizardry. But there we go. So that's, a, that's a little bit of uh, the Swords and Wizardry and what's available out there in the official. I think uh, next will probably be Osric, and then we'll move on to Labyrinth Lord, and then we'll start branching out to like Castles of Crusades, Basic Fantasy, Astonishing Swordsmen and Sorcerers of Hyperborea, and many beyond that, mazes and perils. There's just so much. And that's so much. And it's still not doing the hacks and uh, some of the really excellent support material that's out there. Okay. So this, this, this series will be interspread throughout the various podcast episodes. Okay. So... Thank you again, folks. As always, thank you for joining me. We now have a five-star rating. Technically, it's a 4.8, but it's showing us a, a five-star rating on uh, iTunes. And we are now available on Spotify. Uh, go figure. That only took, what, nearly two months, a month and a half, seven weeks, like that? I thought it was never going to happen. I gave up. I stopped even thinking about it. All right, folks. God bless. Stay safe. Well, you guys well. And I will talk with you tomorrow. <laughs>